Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. Ronaldo is back. We talk about the matches of the weekend. The Champions League groups are set. Uh, England has its squad ready to go for their World Cup glory. We've got all of our regular segments like Results League and the All Talk team. And uh, I don't know, maybe some, some laughs and giggles. Uh, let's go. <laughs> Are doing this in the uh, wee hours of the morning, uh, nine o'clock. Mark forgot his keys last night and uh, couldn't get in, so we've had to postpone till this morning. So if we sound a bit groggy, that's it. Although Dan, you're in what the motherland is, Khil, yeah, they say. And, I, uh, I, didn't go, I didn't go out drinking like you two, so I'm probably no, you, you went to prayer, that's what he went to. He's on his <laughs> pilgrimage at the moment, <laughs> right? So, um, are you guys happy? Happy. I'm delighted. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Either, either Arsenal being terrible or United getting Ronaldo, either or. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not talking about Arsenal. This is a rugby pod now. Um, yeah, Ronaldo's gone back to Man United. Um, a bit out of the blue. I want to, you know, I want to open up with just saying that. I think I've, I just figured this out this morning when I was trying to think, why, why did this happen? Why did Ronaldo decide to go back to Man United? And it's simply not to get outshined by Messi. Messi went to PSG. If Messi went to PSG and won another trophy, I think that thinks uh, Ronaldo's thinking, well, if Messi wins, he's going to be called the best player of all time. He's got no shine. Where he thought, all right, maybe I'll try another team. He was going to go to Man City. And just like when um, Real Madrid and all the other teams were going to do the Super League, got talked out of it because he didn't realise how big of a situation or how bad it would have been for Man United. And then Man United came swooping in and he goes, all right, you can, you can buy me for... Uh, was it 12 million euros? You can pay uh, me less money and um, everything's all good. Yeah, I'm still of the opinion he was never going to see. Never in a million years. In that morning when Mark messaged with tear, crying emojis on the WhatsApp, being like, I can't believe it looks like it's going to happen. I still didn't believe it. I was like, I can't. It's Ronaldo. He, he just can't go to Man City. I just don't believe it. Yeah. The, the reason that, well, one, because I, I, I don't listen to all the transfer talk. So once it hits Sky Sports... Not Sky Sports Italy, the real Sky Sports. I'm like, okay, there's a, this is real talk. So when they come out and say Man City are in talks with Ronaldo, you're like, I take that seriously. And when I see it on the BBC, that's even more solidified. Like, BBC clearly have their gossip column, but when you see it on their main sport page, you're like, I they are in talks. Um, well, was there talk? I, I don't Juventus know. saw Ronaldo leaving before. Yeah, basically, Juventus, they got Pirlo last year as manager. It didn't quite work out. And they're, they're just struggling. So I think Ronaldo's like, he's only got a couple of good years left. He has to be somewhere that can compete. Like, I think eventually Juve will go back up the league and compete for the title. But I think Ronaldo wants to go somewhere he could win a Champions League. So I, I think. The Messi comparison is like true if he went to City because I think to be honest, Messi's gone to PSG. He's guaranteed a trophy. Like that's yeah. like yeah, is that? Yeah, but the one no, trophy, no the one of them, isn't it? The one. I mean, yeah, he's going to probably win the league. That's fine, but it just seems like everyone or every big team chasing Champions League. Yeah, and and to be honest, if you look at PSG, you're like I can't see them in it. Well. 
the only if is if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid in January. Um, it looks quite close, but I think I've run out of time this this window. And I'm like, well, if if PSG lose Mbappe, I don't see I like I don't see them winning the Champions League. But at the moment, it's hard to look past them. They've got a super team, and it's like for Messi, it's like guaranteed trophy. And I feel like if Ronaldo going City, it would be the same. Like City are just so good. Like I'm hoping United put up a title challenge. And like you look at United, Chelsea, and Liverpool potential title challenges, but City are just a level above the rest. And I feel like Ronaldo, if he re- went to City, it would have just been to guarantee a trophy. So I'm pleased. I'm not, sure I agree. I'm not sure I agree with that about City. Um, everyone's talking about City like they're the greatest things since last bread. I, I look at that City team yesterday, uh, yesterday or Saturday, and I know you don't want to talk about Arsenal, we won't talk about Arsenal, talk about City instead. And I know they've just won 5 0 on the truck twice, but they've been playing two terrible teams. But you're talking about a team that they on Saturday they didn't have their talisman in De Bruyne they don't have a number nine they're playing a right back at left back like they they aren't the team they were two or three years ago they haven't got the Agueros the Silvers the, they just haven't got those players like Ferran Torres is a good player he's not a world class striker like they've got a bunch of decent players but they're not the best players in the world in their position I just think Pep has a good way of playing and if you don't commit when you play City they batter you that's it because of the style of play the pressure and everything else. So if you don't play well, they will batter you. But if you play well, they can be got at, as Spurs showed in the first game. So I, I, there's all this talk, everyone's all this hype about City and are oh, they the greatest thing ever. I, I just don't see it. I, I still don't think they'll finish top two in the league. I really don't. I just don't think they've got the squad for it. They've yeah, got the four reserve City, players on their bench. The thing for City is that they're built for the league and they're generally always going to be built for that because they have depth in their numbers. But they don't. They've got depth in the sense that when they bring on a player, it's usually going to be within uh, Pep's system. You know, they all know how to play within his system and he trains them very well. The thing that, um, you know, there has been some dissenters with Ronaldo being like, oh, you know, he's a 37-year-old guy. You know, he's got a lot of miles on his tyres. Um, the thing that Ronaldo brings is that that ment- that different mentality, that winning mentality in those big moments. Because you even said it, Mark, like, uh, you know, everyone's going, oh, instant 25, 30 goals. I'm, I don't know if that's, what he's going to do. And I don't even know if that's what he's required to do. It's the big moments. It's the big... Man City probably wasted their chance last year in the Champions League final. This year, without a number nine, they're going to have a massive, massive problem, I think, when it comes to those big moments, when it comes to later on in the, the Champions League, in the Cups that they want to win. In the league, they'll roll over against most sides. And then they'll go up against some of the big teams like Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, and try and just keep it to a minimum. Maybe get one point, get a win if they can. And then even if they concede, it's not going to be like they're going to get smashed because they're just efficient in what they do. Where they'll lose or where they'll lack is big cup games. So Ronaldo going to Man United probably makes them more of a title challenger in the Premier League. But I actually think it's more for the cup, for the Champions League, you know, FA Cups or anything like that. That's what they're looking at. That's what Ronaldo's looking at. Um, I'd like to, I'm interested to see, I don't know what happened. I'm interested to see what this means for Man United within the league, especially because I'm still confused, you know, they're, they're not doing very well midfield-wise, it seems, or everyone seems to be a, a bit dissenting. I think Man United are better in midfield than they get credit for. Probably it's because Fred is the most dynamic person. In terms Did you of... see Fred yesterday? He I wasn't... don't know if he knew he was playing a football match or not. I'm, I'm really not sure. He has moments of being really good and he has games where he look like, are you a professional footballer? He seems to be, he's like the opposite of Kante where he's running everywhere, but like away <laughs> from the ball, the way yeah. towards the ball, you know? yeah. 
I do, I do think sometimes the, the Fred suffers with an issue of if Man United don't play well, he'll get blamed, even by people who don't watch the game. He like, played badly. He no, no, he does. But we he, watched the, we but watched the game. No, no, but, three times in 10 minutes. I mean, it was bad. No, no, but he got blamed for the Southampton game as well. He got, he's been blamed. This, uh, what I mean is he's been blamed all season. And you're like, he, it is just one of those people. It's a bit like when I saw the lineup for Arsenal and I was like, Callum Chambers is going to be at fault here. I know it already. Like, I don't need to see the match. But he was, though. Yeah. I mean, you're, and he, you're, you're, like, like, you're saying just because they're saying it, you're, you're kind of hinting that it won't be true. But um, No, no, it but it, he does suffer more because it'll be like, OK, he actually played bad against Wolves. And then it's like, OK, he's played bad. But people will be like, oh, that's it. He's, he's terrible. He played bad against Southampton, against Wolves, against this. And you're like, well, he wasn't that bad against Southampton. The team were bad against Southampton. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's already... People have already decided Fred's at fault before the game. So when he is at fault, it's like they double down. They're like, see, he's terrible. So I, I, I feel a bit sorry for Fred in that sense. But I think we're missing McTominay massively. I think you, with Fred and then Pogba as your two, we struggled. Like Moutinho and Neves made them look stupid. I mean, Moutinho and Neves know how to have a, a, part, a two partnership in midfield. Fred and Pogba do not. You know, Pogba has obviously been playing out on the left and doing brilliantly. All of a sudden, he's now sitting in. I, I probably would have put Matic in. I don't know why Dan James is still playing. He still doesn't do anything. Um, so I, I just think there was questions about the team itself. Obviously, McTominay's injured. I think all of a sudden you see how big a hole and a gap. So you're right, Chris. There's, there's obviously a gap in midfield for United. They obviously need something. For whatever reason, Van der Beek just isn't being given the chance. Maybe he just can't play that role either. And he's just a Bruno Fernandes and unfortunately isn't going to start over him. Um, but the, just on the Ronaldo thing, the point about City... Even if Ronaldo doesn't score 30 goals, even if he doesn't win United the league, if Ronaldo joined this City team, he would score 30 goals. Because the one thing this City team is missing, they create 10 chances a game, they need a goal scorer. You put Haaland, you put Kane, you put Ronaldo, you put Lukaku, you put any of those players in that team, you'd guarantee 30 goals. And therefore you guarantee yourself trophies and titles. So for United to take Ronaldo away and not let them have that, I think is more important than... To the United to come and win all the, you know, uh, Ronaldo to come and win all the trophies with United. To not let them have that was so important that I think it was a massive move. And for whatever it is, 15 million euros and a couple of year contract, you might get a trophy or two out of him. You'll probably get some inspiration and leadership in the um, dressing room like you did with Zlatan and you know, like Cavani's done. I, I don't see any problem with it at all. I think it was a really good bit of business. Regardless of the price and, and how much he costs, what then, um, what would you deem as a success? And actually, what do you think would be a failure in this? Can you is there a, a losing situation in, in getting Ronaldo right now for the price that he is? Or is it just it's like great. okay, it can only be positives here? Uh no, because he's old. So the failure is he looks if he starts looking his age, like a couple of times with Portugal, he's looked a bit old. And there's an issue of him not playing too well with Fernandez and the, there is a risk he could make Bruno worse. So I would say he is a risk he can make a few players worse because you look at Greenwood yesterday, and I'm like, is there? Um, you know is how it, good, you know, how gonna, good is Greenwood? He's, he he's going to take up some. He's going to take up some time that other players could use for their own personal development. And I'm yeah. just wondering. I mean, we'll talk about England later, but that was one of the reasons why Greenwood stayed. Is for that reason. I'm like, 
well, you know, yeah, he's going to stay with his club for that. But if you've got Ronaldo kind of taking up minutes, they're not going to be playing the same position. But the minutes have to be allocated somewhere. And I'm wondering there's, if it's going to hinder anyone's development. There's like 70 games a season, right? Ronaldo's not going to play all 70 of those games. You need good rotation. You're going to get injuries. I think Greenwood is going to start plenty of games this year. He's going to score plenty of goals this year. He's 90, he's just turned 19 years old. Like you can't. Put, England's best midfielders. You, you can't put the whole uh, the whole May United future and team on his back just yet, on his shoulders. Give him people around him that are good as well, and he will just get better. And if you take that pressure away, I think you put too much on him, like Arsenal are doing with. with um, Enel Smith Rowe, or you know, you put too much pressure on a young teenager to be the, uh, the guy in the team. I think it's tough. I'm trying to shoehorn this Arsenal topic. Yeah, that Arsenal have crushed Enel Smith Rowe. He's oh, come on, leave but, it. Um, but yeah, no, back, back to Ronaldo. Uh, no, he doesn't stifle anyone's development. In fact, I think he enhances it. I think, I think, man, you can get one season out of him. I don't. I, I can't see him staying for two. To be honest, I think they put a two-year contract to probably be able to resell him to an MLS team yeah. next year. Yeah, um, I I actually think it'll do some of the youngsters quite quite good to see how because Ronaldo has he's played from sixteen to thirty-eight at a top level, and you're like he there's a lot he could teach the players off the field, lifestyle, like what it takes to be a top player, like essentially give those players the answers. And like there, there was a great interview the other week with Schneider who spoke about he could have been Messi's level. And he was just like, I just didn't want to do what Messi did. He was like, Messi doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He doesn't do this. He was like, I just wasn't willing to make those sacrifices. So he was like, I was happy with the level I got to with the life work balance. And I was like, what Ronaldo can do is say to these guys, look, if you actually want to be this level this is the commitment you have to make so I think there could be a lot he could teach because I see him there for one year so I don't think he stifles anyone's uh, like development I also think Greenwood is undroppable like he matched um, Robbie Fowler's goal tally as like the highest scoring teenager and I'm like it's so funny because he reminds me so much of Robbie Fowler I'm like he is just like an and a new Robbie Fowler it's like he's, he's so clinical it's like as soon as he gets the ball you're like every shot is near a corner it's yeah. not he occasionally he'll hit one like wide or at, at the keeper but everything's got half a chance of going in and there's do you no see him, do you see his his development going from wide to just centrals number nine or somewhere in the middle do you see that cut it in from the right hand side kind of I, being his way I, I think he can develop I think the, the game has developed so much these yeah. days, you don't like you look at someone like Salah who can play as number nine. He can play as a on the wing. He can play as a inside forward. But I think that the roles are interchangeable. It's the ability. It, the, the, he's so two footed. He's got such a good finish on both feet. He can dribble. He can step overs. He can pass. Like, he can do everything. So you can kind of play him anywhere along the front line, which makes him even more valuable because then you've got opportunity within the game to move him around as he did. He played three different positions yesterday. Lovely. And right, did, um, do you want to talk about any of the football matches? Did you watch the Liverpool-Chelsea one? Uh, I did watch that. What, what did you make of the red card? Uh, I, thought, I, I think it's a bang-on red card. I'm, I'm yeah, so surprised I'm that it's even debatable. No I'm, I'm so surprised that it's even debatable. It's hit off his fire and onto his hand. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of done it at the same time. But also, he when it hits his side and then onto his hand, he, his arm comes forward into it. And I know that was just a reaction, but... 
if you're on momentum, yeah. if your arm is, is moving towards the ball in any situation, it has to be a handball. I mean, if he's not, if his arm's not there, it's a goal. That that's just cut and dry for me. How is it not? And if the rule is if you stop the ball from going in in the area with your hand, it's a red card. The referee has zero choice. The question yeah. is the rule. This is why there's so much, there's so many, there's so many people with differing views because no one is clear anymore because the rules change so regularly, they're not clear. No one Everyone is clear. People are just pretending not to be. But the the, uh, the controversy wasn't the decision. Everyone was like, "Oh, they made the right decision." The the controversy it was, was the still, isn't it? The still, and I'm like, I, I'm actually a bit because I've been I watched all these weekends games on Match of the Day, and I've watched uh, the Sky highlights, and it's like, I feel like they're just deliberately creating controversy. Like, there's talking about how well do you the referees or the, the pundits? The pundits, the pundits, they're just. All they're talking about is VAR. VAR should have looked at this, and like VAR should have looked at that. And I feel like when they said the refing was good in the Euros, it's because ITV and that 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 cast of BBC didn't talk too much about decisions. They didn't look at a foul in the middle of the game and say, "Should VAR have reviewed this?" VAR should have told the ref to go look at this foul. And yeah, the thing is, yesterday with the ref is like. Yeah, a lot of them complain about how much time it takes. So the referees have tried to move faster. And because it's like he went and had a glance and look and moved and then went away, they're like, oh, it's too quick. How could he possibly have seen it? There's no winning. I, I do think, yeah. was it Andy Taylor? Did He did almost rush it. He could have stayed there for like half a second, a second longer. Well, have you but, heard, have you heard the, um, there's a couple of clips you can find on YouTube where you can hear they've recorded the, the ref chatting with the VAR through games. And there's a few times where they basically said, the VAR said in their head, we've looked at it, it's a definite red card. Can you just go to the screen and make it look convincing? Uh, basically, what they're saying is, we've decided, like it's done, but to help with the fans, to help everything, just go to the screen, make it look like you've looked, make it look convincing. And that's literally what they do. So he's going, oh, it's exactly the same thing, guarantees happened yesterday. Just a, just a bad oh, yeah, actor. Yeah, sure. And he's just a bad actor. He's gone to the screen. He should have just waited. Five more seconds, and oh, yeah, no, I've got to do it properly. Most of the time, how many times have you seen them go to the screen and not change their mind? They always do, because they get told that you've got the wrong decision, go to the screen, convince everyone that you've looked at it and it's the wrong decision, then go tell everyone that it's your decision, you've changed it. But it's VAR deciding it. So I think that's all it is, a bad actor. Yeah, uh, yeah but it's a stonewall red card. There's no debate. Well, that, yeah, that one for me is there's no debate. The one that, that I find a bit grey is, say, the Pogba challenge. So, yeah, if that was Arsenal, on Dublin on, on match of the day is like VAR should be talking to Mike Riley and saying, we, we think you should go look at that again. And then in the same breath, they'll say, well, VAR should, should intervene on factual matters and say, okay, when it's an offside, when it's a goal line uh, handball or something, or factual matters, VAR, we don't want them re refing the game from Stockley Park. And that's the grey area. It was like, if Pogba's challenge was a foul, and but Mike Riley said, I saw it, I'm not giving it. And then they're saying VAR should intervene. And you're like, well, if it does that, then it should intervene on every single time the ref says it's not a foul. And VAR slow moves in, sees contacts and says, okay, it's a foul. Is, um, it, is that a foul? Did he even make contact? Yeah, he hit your shin pad. Like, you're not I don't think pad it's off. a foul. I think it was a 50-50 challenge. And then... Um, the wheel just came good. off a bit worse. It just what it was what it was. Like it wasn't the same as uh Xhaka because I think the comparison I don't think it was bad. a red card, but he does kick his shin pad off. 
like he actually takes the player's reaction doesn't help at all like the delayed reaction is never going to help and and to be honest i'm like i'm okay with that because you know i'm I'm of the school of thought where i don't like people going down when it's too soft and yeah it didn't go down because it was it wasn't hard enough but he realized that in in obviously today's game yeah the players go you want to complain about just watch the burnley leeds game i watched burnley leeds yesterday (laughs) burnley literally fraudulent battered leeds like physically they literally beat them up on the pitch. I mean, they were wrestling to the ground. There were about three challenges that were high that ordinarily probably would have been uh, looked at. I don't know what VAR was doing yesterday. I don't think they had it in the Burnley Leeds game. It wasn't looked at once. There was at least three or four challenges. They were literally battering them, like GBH on the pitch. But I don't. But I don't mind it as if, and it's up to the ref to give those uh, those ones. So like when Mike Riley doesn't give the Pogba foul, I don't want VAR intervening. Yeah, but but yeah, when it's certain things like a guaranteed red card or yeah, certain certain instances, I'm like, okay, I get involved then. But VAR, VAR says to Mike Riley, "Oh, Pogba's made a foul there. He has to send Pogba Pogba off because then there's the middle ground." I think you mean Mike Dean. Mike Dean, sorry, Mike Riley's head of the referees, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, Mike Dean. Um, but yeah, he if he says to Mike Dean, um. That's a foul. He has to send Pogba off, and that's what I don't like. Because then they'll be moaning if it was if whatever they do, the the, the pundits on Sky and the pundits on BBC are going to moan. So that's yeah, that's my they, only issue. They're not very good. Um, do you want to talk about any other matches, or we'll go Champions League groups? Just quickly, what's wrong with Arsenal, Chris? I know you're uh, avoiding talking about. What's wrong with Arsenal? You can't avoid. You can't avoid. Well, yeah, that might be. If you could fix two things, what would it be? That's the problem. That's the problem. That's exactly it. It's like, I think with Man United, we talk about, all right, that now they need a midfielder. Man City, they need a striker. Um, Chelsea seems to, on the face of it, be a fully formed team since they got the car crew. So at least on paper, you know, to see what happens. With Arsenal, what is the answer? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. The problem is it seems to be everything. The manager isn't up to the job that needs to happen. The culture in the club's horrible. Yesterday or Saturday, rather, I keep doing it. Um, that might be Danny, you mentioned it, and, and I've just been thinking about it. It might be the single worst Arsenal performance I've ever seen. Uh, I'm sure they've had worse, I'm sure that it's there's probably going to be worse games, but that was pathetic. It was just, just pathetic. No, a really nice synergy with the 8 2, actually. You know, it was almost 10 years to the day that oh. that performance, but the 8 2, the difference with the 8 2. Uh, which because people remember it obviously because the score the difference that day was United had 25 shots Arsenal had 20 shots United scored eight Arsenal scored two yes on Saturday City had 25 shots Arsenal had one City. and it should have been 10 12 15 and there was a period, yeah I mean Bert Leno like you know we, we've been talking about how bad of a goalkeeper he's been he saved us a few times there and yeah, the fact that it was a one attempt, and that was like in the first, what, five minutes when Danny texts going, do you know, Arsenal started all right. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what happens. And, and it, it's, it's the same with Arteta. He's like, you know, we started off really well. Shut up. You're delusional. Like, you think you're doing well. Their first attack, they scored, and they just didn't stop after that. And then there was no passing. There was, I mean, I don't know if it was like in the 10-minute spad, but, you know, you saw, did you see the clip up there where the graphic... Uh, Man City had 92% possession and Arsenal had eight. 
that shouldn't happen in any period. I mean, no. you have to do what do you have to do to get eight percent possession? Nothing. Like next to nothing. Well, you One take pass. off, you take off Saka, and you bring on El Nenny for ridiculous, a start. It's ridiculous. And um, the, the, yeah. the thing, the thing uh, that I couldn't get over, I saw after the game, eight of that starting eleven for Arsenal played under Wenger, or played on in Wenger's last game. Now, this is an Arsenal team that have spent the most money of any team in in the Premier League this summer on transfers. In the last two or three years, have spent just just as much as most of the others on transfers and eight of that 11 started under Wenger. What is going on? Where, where, where are these people? Where are the transfers? What's happening? What a mess. So, yeah, I don't know. But it's not great and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Look forward to the international break. Yeah, it gives they, got, they, have, they do have a run of better fixtures do? now. Yeah, yeah, but they do have a run of better, better fixtures. Yeah, but it's not about the, it's not about the winning and losing one. We're going to lose against Man City. We're going to lose against some of these bigger sides. It's the manner in which they do it. Hold on. Two years ago, two years ago in the FA Cup, you beat Man City in the semi-final and Chelsea in the final to win the FA Cup. Everyone was talking about how brilliantly Arteta's team were pressing, how great they were. Look at how far you've fallen. But they're not doing that. Like, you would have thought they'd improve. Like, at least, you know, there was a bit calamitous at the back when um, Arteta came in and he was trying to kind of sort that out from the, uh, the back to the front. And, all right, there were some problems we were having in scoring goals, but we were thinking, all right, at least he's starting to think, all right, we'll defend and then we'll work our way forward. They just don't do anything. They don't press. What, what do they do in training? They, they've regressed under Arteta. That's yeah, the problem. Okay. They've regressed. There's no, like, he, he looked like an okay guy at first. At least he was going to be organised. He, he wasn't going to be any frills, but all right, let's just be sensible. Now, what? There's nothing, nothing. So Arsenal well, Norwich is a great fixture coming up. Big six saying, point, big six point of that one. Yeah, Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal have lost all three games. Norwich have lost all three games. Arsenal won six uh, 0 in the Carabao so Cup. True. Norwich won six 0 in the Carabao this could Cup. Could be our biggest game of the season. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest difference between the two is Norwich have one Premier League goal so far. So they're, <laughs> they're winning. <laughs> they're beating Arsenal. We should poach team Timo Pukki before the deadline day. Yeah. Get them twelve goals a season. Well, the the irony when you lost eight two is the week the week later Arsenal went out into the the transfer window and bought about I don't know how many players, but Arteta was one of them. They yeah, bought Arteta as a fix. That was, they bought um was that the Mertesacker? Yeah, Mertesacker. They, they bought four players on deadline day or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but no good. I wonder if they'll do it again. I mean, I don't even know that buying is the answer because you're buying. To... No. Who buys? Who buys Aaron Ramsdale as a backup keeper for 25 million when you're such a mess? As that, what is that? That's just I, I can't get have, it. Have Ramsdale, there must be something there. He's young. There must be. I feel like there's a real like football index or something. No, there's, there's, there's a bung somewhere going up. Someone somewhere, probably Cronky, is making a lot of money. Someone's or someone's cousin is making a lot well, of money. Yeah, because you were you were seeing the jokes that Man United got Ronaldo, Chelsea got Lukaku. Um, City got Grealish. City got Grealish, and Arsenal are still the biggest spenders. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, we got Ronaldo, Varane, and Sancho, and Arsenal will spend more money. What is going on? I Arsenal? told you Ben White was, was too much. You you loved it, Dan. Shut up. Look, Ben White could be a good player. He's had one, yeah. he's had one game. Give <laughs> one him a one game. <laughs> he's injured now. Give him a chance. Of course, he's injured. He's at Arsenal. He's never been injured in his entire career. Yeah, but it's when you compare it and you say. Um, you've got all these players for the same price or less. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Ben White could be good. But why are we spending 85 million on Ben White and Ramsdale? We could, I could be doing this every fucking week, Dan. It's like, why? Why? I just don't know. All I can think is there's got to be someone making a lot of money somewhere. Let's talk background. about the Champions League groups. How about that? Yeah? Sure. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. So I'll quickly run through the Champions League groups. Group A, 
has Man City, PSG, Leipzig, Club Bruges. Group B, Atletico, Madrid, Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, Milan. Group C, Sporting Lisbon, Dortmund, Ajax, Besiktas. Group D, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, Sheriff. Never heard of them, but there you go. Group E's Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica, Dynamo Kiev. Group F, Villarreal, Man United, Atalanta, Young Boys. Group G, Lille, Sevilla, Salzburg, Wolfsburg. Group H is Chelsea, Juventus, Senate, Malmo. Instant thought, as always, it doesn't seem like there's a group of death. What do you reckon? I mean, who who are Sheriff? I I just saw them as well. The first first ever uh, Moldovan team qualify for the uh, European Championships or Championships. Their full name is FC Sheriff Tiraspol. Yeah, so just to be just they're they're uh, currently fourth in their league. A a reminder, all those Scottish fans out there. A Moldovan team that's fourth in their local in their local league has beat you to the Champions League, beat Celtic and beat Rangers to the Champions League. Did they beat yeah. them in, in games in the qualifiers or something? No, they didn't beat them specifically, but even, even still, that's the level of team. The the thing about that group, I, I really I actually really liked this year's group for three reasons. One, this is the first time all the Well, the first time ever I remember Man City are actually got a hard group. But they've got PSG and they've got Leipzig. Like for the, as long as I I remember of the last decade every single uh, cup competition City have been in they've had an easy draw not that it's done them any good though oh, we, know, we know why Danny loves this this season's draw well Group B I think you, you asked about a group of death I think Group B with Milan Madrid Atletico Madrid Liverpool and Porto is a tough group really that, tough that was the only one you could really say yeah alright uh, and obviously I like Group F one because my favourite Swiss team ever are in it uh, and two because it's basically a Europa League <laughs> group yeah. so the fact that Man United are in it and have a, a, an arguably easy group because Atalanta aren't as good this year, Villarreal aren't as good as this, this year, and Young Boys yeah. of Bern are great in Switzerland, but they're not, you know, not a fantastic team. So everything, everything about that that uh, draw, I was very happy with. No conflict of interest in Group F. Then you seem excited about getting your Young Boys at home. <laughs> I don't understand the question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at him, politician out here. <laughs> Um, did we say, I don't know if we've given our prediction, it's probably too early, who do you think is going to win the Champions League? What's an early prediction for it? I know. Yeah. It's, hard, well, it's hard to look past PSG, let's face it. If they keep it back I'm, I'm sick and tired of this nonsense. The same thing with Man City and PSG. It's like, you could say that every year about them. It's yeah, like, but then they, if, if Man City signed Messi, you would, you would have to lean City. But like PSG are like knocking When's it the, the last door? time Messi won the Champions League? 2016. Uh, yeah, it's a question. Yeah, yeah it's last been ages. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, and in fairness, like he hasn't. This is one of the things. Like Messi hasn't just been knocked out of the Champions League. They've been embarrassed. They lost ten two yeah. to Bayern. Uh, was it seven one to to PSG? Like they've. They, and then obviously the Liverpool comeback. So yeah, they they haven't just won. They yeah they've gone out like embarrassingly, but. I think there's every chance that there's another four four English teams in the last eight with every chance that an English team will get there because you look at the draw and if City can just make sure they get through their group, you know, there's some, there's teams in the, this year's Champions League, there, there are teams in there and you're like, hold on a minute. You know, people that people like sporting, like Besiktas, like the Sheriff Shakhtar, like Dynamo Kiev, like uh, RB Salzburg and Wolfsburg and Malmo, these teams aren't Champions League teams. These are, 
you know, these are Europa yeah. League clubs. For, do you, you not know. think what? Do you not think like Salzburg, Wolfsburg, um, maybe I'm just putting them all together and I shouldn't, but like Sevilla, they're, they're not going to win the Champions League because you don't think they're comparable challenges within, within the, no, the, the, the The problem with a lot of this, and it, this is part of the problem with how the Champions League is going and how it's now structured and how people get their pots, is because, so you take Lille, Lille, for example, right? Lille won the French League last year. So obviously they were in pot one. So you look at Group G, you've got Lille, you've got Salzburg, Sevilla and Wolfsburg. Lille, because of their financial struggles, have basically sold all their best players. I don't think they've won a game yet this season. Um, they, they're, you know, no, no good. It's like when Munch and Gladbach got in there and had no players left. Same with Salzburg, who Dhaka scored all their goals. He's now gone to Leicester. All their players are going. Wolfsburg, same thing. So the problem is these teams have an amazing season. They qualify for the Champions League. Everyone comes and poaches all their best players. And then they can't do anything in the Champions League because they're basically a new team and they've lost all their good players. So I think you'll find, you end up finding that a lot of these teams just can't compete at that level because they had their one good season, they managed to get there. And that's, that's what's kind of wrong and why there's the whole coefficient thing, why all the teams argue that the likes of it, the Inter Milan, the AC Milan, the Romas, like Roma this year are a better team than probably seven or eight of those teams in the Champions League. But Roma are playing in the Conference League with Spurs because they finished sixth. But they're a better team this year than most of the other Italian teams, and they'll, they'll challenge for the title probably. So it's really it's really difficult, but that's just how the Champions League is is built, I guess. The best thing about the Champions League is the Champions League draw comes back. Well, yeah, Champions League draft. Oh, great. Game. Yeah, we're gonna have some new points uh, next. More week. points. We'll more, more points. points. <laughs> more points. What's better than points? More points. More yeah, points. more points. There you go. So we'll get that back in next week. Um, I can't. I'm so, I'm so annoyed with myself. I hope I wrote it down somewhere. There was a, there was a slight change that I wanted to make to improve it, but I can't remember what it was. And it was it wasn't just more points. It was it was something else. I'll try and remember. When's uh, the when's the first round of matches? Um, I have no idea. Uh, That's a good question. 14th of September. 14th of September. So it's only in two weeks. We need to get get working on that Champions League draft. We'll do it next week. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well you're about next week. When do you get back? Uh, yeah, we'll sort out. There you go. All right, very good. Love that. I have a lot of faith in that. Um, <laughs> That's a commitment we like to see here. Oil machine, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, World Cup qualifying squads. Um, we'll do that real quick because there's not much to talk about. I don't think unless unless Danny Bam- figures out Patrick Bamford's in the side. Well, I think the um, I kind of touched on it earlier, but Mason Mount. Possibly going to Jamaica or Mason Greenwood, rather. What? Did you see Mount, that? Mount. It's a Mount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, he's got some roots, but like great, great grandmother. No, um, <laughs> he does a really what? good jerk chicken. Do you not know that? He's yeah. that in England. Wait, what was that about Greenwood? He's playing Greenwood. Yeah, what? no. But, uh, Jamaica, Jamaica have expressed interest in trying to get Greenwood because he's only got oh, one yeah. full cap, and there's a rule. The, the new rule is if you've played less than three games. Uh, for your country in the senior squad and you're under a certain age as well. That's why Laporte still... plays for Spain. He's, he's had uh, three senior appearances for France, but he now plays for Spain because he just didn't see himself ever getting in the team. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen. I think there was a bit of speculation because Mason Greenwood wasn't picked for this England uh, for the next one of games. And yeah. basically, Gareth Southgate's come out and said that him and Ole had a talk and just thought that it makes sense for Greenwood to stay at his club to, you know, work on his game um, he's the future of England and there's no point in breaking his, his day-to-day up whereas Patrick Bamford Gareth Southgate saying well 
you know, he was that close to the European squad. We're in the next phase of, of or the next circulation, whatever they call it, for the um, World Cup. So we'll just give him a try. Um, yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, how many forwards do we actually have? It, it, this this squad's pretty un, pretty much unchanged from Euros, which I think it picks itself now. Pretty much. Yeah, I guess. four right backs, one left back. Sorted. I know, yeah. I know. It's like it's an it's a boring subject. It's like, is there any snubs? Is there anyone you'd like to see that that or someone that you're over in terms of seeing? Is yeah, anyone... it's just all the the reserves, isn't it? It's like, is it Bamford or is it Calvert Lewin? Like, you're not really. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not fussed by the England squad. Like, no, not yet. Yeah. I mean, it's not. We, we, it's not a cup that we need to be interested in yet. I think. I think they they games that are coming up are touch wood, super easy or at least easy enough. Considering if you're going to say, "Why well, England's one of the best teams in the world," it should the have fir- yeah. The first international breaks are always bad, but they're even worse when it's after a, a tournament. What do you mean, like the quality a- of the games or the results? Just the excitement from the quality, just the the importance of them. It's just like let's face it, we don't care really, do we? I'm just checking out England. Hungary, Andorra, three times. Poland. Yeah, they're playing. And um, Poland, three and Poland, times Hungary, Andorra, Poland. Yeah, yeah. So, but we're we're away to Poland and we're away to Hungary, so they're not. Okay. They're probably the toughest games we we've got in yeah. the entire run, and it's like, it sounds so bad. It's such a England it's fan being the same, but I don't care. <laughs> so no, just, just go no, get an ugly, get an ugly one nil, and, and or no, whatever. Just, the reason just you get don't the points. care is because we're so used now. Now we're a good team, arguably. Now we're one of the top teams again. We're so used. Oh, to we can't think who's coming home anymore. It's, just, well, the, it's not these ironic. Group, these groups are just too, you know Albania, Andorra, San Marino, and our group is like. Well, obviously we're going to make it through because even if we mess up and draw with Poland, like it doesn't really matter. This is the problem. There's no jeopardy in that group whatsoever. That's why you're uninterested. If we had a Germany in our group or something along those lines, or if we were the England of uh, McLaren's era, 2008, whenever it was, when uh, we had Croatia and we weren't actually winning games, we, we were looking a bit dodgy. Then you'd be interested because it would matter. But we all know England are going to make it to the World Cup, so. There's no jeopardy, so you know we'll just get on with it. Lovely, and, I, and we've yeah. already played three games and won three. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, that was like <laughs> I think it was midway through the Euros or something. It was yeah. like it was just before the Euros. Euros. Yeah. yeah, it was really weird. Do you remember it was the warm-up <laughs> game for the Euros with the World Cup qualifiers? Really bizarre. We're halfway there, Mark. You didn't even know about it. Yeah, yeah. some fan you are. Um, should we go to results league? Yeah. Results League. Um, so we did this one offline because we didn't do a pod last week. Um, I picked Man City to beat Arsenal 3 0. Danny laughed, probably because he thought that was too low of a score. I did. I uh, said at the time you should be picking a higher. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I thought that once once they were losing, they would kind of hunker down and, and just stop. And they did, they just didn't stop them. <laughs> I mean they stopped doing everything else. They were just like, all right, let's practice on our formations, but they were all human cones. And then uh, they were like, all right, Man City, this is your training drill. You just run in between, get them crosses, get between the gaps, get between the cones. And uh, they did a good job of that. Sterling should have actually had a hat trick in 10 minutes at the end, shouldn't he? I mean, yeah, it's a weird one with the Sterling. I'm, I'm not going to waste I had a bet time. on for 6 0 as well. I was gutted. Well, that was midway through the game and uh, it probably should have happened, but maybe more goals should have happened as well. Um, for Mark, you picked. West Ham to beat Crystal Palace 2 0. Halfway there. Halfway there. Yeah. Conor Gallagher wasn't the new Messi. Jeez. I actually watched that game. Um, the benefit of not being in the UK is you can watch three o'clock kickoffs. So, nice. um, 
things I was quarantining, I had nothing better to do. Um, it was actually, do you know what? I mean, we talked a lot about Palace at the start of the season and we said well, they're in trouble. And I still question, you know, but Conor Gallagher is a brilliant player. I mean, he was one of the best players on that pitch. And if it wasn't for him, they would have got batted. It was, I was really, really impressed with him. He deserved the two goals he got. And one of them, I don't know if you've seen it yet, one of them was absolute class. The turning, yeah, yeah, when he does the uh, coif turn, isn't it? Yeah, quality. In the box, really good stuff. Uh, and then, Danny, you picked Man United to beat Wolves 2-0. Not quite there. Nearly. Uh, they won 1-0, didn't they? They did. So, but it was in a way... Was and in the process, you mentioned the process, United have broken an all-time football record, mm-hmm. breaking Arsenal's invincible record, don't you know? 28 away games in a row unbeaten, going back to January 2020. That makes it the longest unbeaten run away from home in football history. So there you go. Congratulations. Given the trophy now. Well done. Telling you, winning the league. Who's got uh, some results they want to do for next week? So that's going to be in what, two weeks' time? Yeah. Three weeks' time? Yeah. Let's do it Uh, now so we remember. I'll go. Oh, go on, Dan. I'm ready. Um, So I'm going to pick another away team because we know all the home teams are winning. Uh, I'm going to go for West Ham. Good start to the season. Strong. Southampton look very dodgy. So I'm going to go for a West Ham uh, 3-1 win over Southampton. Ooh. Antonio West, is West. looking on fire. He's looking yeah. like he wants it, all of it. Who, Antonio? Well, yeah. when do we talk about Antonio for a um, I bet you he's one of those ones you realise actually he's played for some African country, isn't it? Yeah, probably. And yeah, also, he's like 32 or something. I don't know. No, he's getting jacked though, boy. He's like he's trying to challenge. Yeah. He's trying Traore. to challenge Traore, but he's oh, so massive. And it, and it's funny because like Traore, the bigger he gets, the faster he seems to be getting. It's yeah. like the weight doesn't weigh him down. It's like... Well, it's, I think they'll sprint speed. It's more like the fitness in it. Be like at the end of the game, they'll just be tired. He's, not he's thirty-one. Like. I don't think he's ever had a cap for England. He's definitely so. It's egregious. Well, he's down just looking. He's down as an England player. So well, I remember when I remember when Antonio was a left back or a right back, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, then he. I, yeah, he I remember a... when Gareth Bale was left back. So, yeah, but that I mean, Gareth Bale was just doing that just to get just to get some reps. Where he was never going to play that. Where Mikel was like a defender, workhorse, and all of a sudden he was like, it's like uh, West Ham played Master League. You know, let's just put a quick guy up front and then hope for the best. Yeah. And uh, didn't quite work out. I think Mark's frozen. Uh, I'll go. Um, are you, are you there, Angie? I'm there. It's Mark that's present. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> I called you Angie for some strange reason. It's my manager. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm your manager normally. <laughs> I'm the boss. I'm the CEO. Uh, uh, while Mark's frozen, you pick. Yeah, I'm going to go for Spurs to beat. Um, they're playing. I need to have a look. They're playing Crystal Palace. Away from home, 12.30 kickoff, 11.30. Early kickoff. Yeah, just get it out early. Um, I'm going to go for a 2 0 win, I think. So you reckon Spurs are going to be top of the league, four wins out of four? Oof. That's. Uh, come well, on. Crystal Palace, and there's a London fixture, it's the morning ones. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll go from though. I can't wait come back. He, he's definitely picking Norwich to beat Arsenal. Watch. I, I wanted to. I've got oh, two yeah. away fixtures. You love an away fixture, um, didn't you? I'm, I'm going to go with Wolves to beat Watford. Ooh. So from Antonio, who wants to be Triore, to actual Triore, I'm going to beat Watford. And I'm going to go with 2-0. Um, I don't think Wolves look very good. 
See, I just I, I thought just they looked with me. On match of the day, yeah. yesterday they looked. Yesterday they looked okay against Man United, but I think they uh, maybe Jimenez needs to play himself back into you know. I don't know, like they were better. Three. They were better than Spurs, and they were better than United. They should have yeah. won yesterday. They should have won last week. They just weren't. Maybe, maybe I think. Maybe I just don't trust them to kind of just finish. I guess. Just, uh, him and that, that, the difference is so. Mark, you called this at the start of the season. Jimenez obviously has been out with his big injury. He's wearing a thing around his head. You do wonder. Yeah, they need him. Like the, the reason Wolves were Wolves was because they create lots of chances. Really, you know, really solid. Don't concede many. But Jimenez puts it in the back of the net. If he isn't doing that, as we saw last season when he was out they struggle if he's going to not do that now still because he's still taking time to get up they will struggle they should have won against United they was, I mean they well, I think Traore's like a I think he's one he might be the most overrated player in the Premier League or even the world at this point uh, at this point because he played well yesterday though. I, I mean but, Cal, when they were when they're on it they're really hard to stop. Yeah, but he's like a sideshow it's like oh just because he's super massive everyone's like oh he's such a danger man no it wasn't that he was there he, he was does create chances, yeah. He was sprinting. He was running 40 yards with the ball. People couldn't touch him. He was creating opportunities. I think you're doing him a disservice there. He's not the greatest player in the world, but mm-hmm. you're doing him a disservice. Yeah. I think Cal's good, though. Yeah, Cal, I mean, right. he was the best player on the pitch yesterday. He's yeah. brilliant. He's class. Uh, you said 2-0, didn't you say? What yeah. Oh, lovely. All right, so we'll see that in three weeks' time, two weeks' time, something like September 11th. Yeah. Two weeks' time? I got the most points in fantasy football this week. Wait. I wondered why this segment came back to the pod. It's yeah. not been in the pod. It's not been in the pod for years. Now it's suddenly made a return. Winning, and then we didn't even mention it. All of a sudden, I'm having to do the again week in week out. Yeah, I've just been forgetting. It's been slipping my mind. I didn't even ask you what I did last week. I did Antonio, and I made him captain. So there. Oh, I know. that's good. Nice. Um, Man City Tom? Arsenal didn't make the agenda, so. All talk yeah. FT team. Chris. Yeah, we had to move some things around. You know, I mean, really, we're pressed for time here. Danny's got to go to prayer. So, um, um, so I'm going to try and help us get some more money in the bank. And um, I'm going to take out Perot. Is that his name? For yeah. Southampton or whichever team. No, Burn, uh, Brentford. Uh, I'm going to put in Liveramento. He's 4.1. You realise you're swapping a Southampton defender for a Southampton defender. No, he's not Southampton, he's Brentford, isn't he? No. But also he doesn't play. the left-back for the For But Livermento and him have been swapping. So one is on the bench always and the other is playing. No, Livermento's been playing, hasn't he? Is he sub, Danny? Let him do it. Livermento's played 90 minutes every game. This, this season and then the other guy missed the last game and he's been subbed off so yeah because Livermento played in his position but anyway it's fine yeah it's, it's fine they, they were on the same I need they to were on the pitch the at the same time their first two fixtures they was on the pitch at the same time what are you on about yeah because they had an injury to Carl Walker-Peters he's back oh my god don't worry about it don't worry about it but do you want me to do something else no I don't it's your, it's your transfer you do what you, you want you sure you love just talking about other people's transfers boy. just keep your, your nose out of my business Right, so I've done that. I've done that. See, how much have we got in the bank now? Uh, we've got lots of money. Enough to buy Ronaldo yet? Uh, how much is he? He's going to be twelve point five. Oh, you're joking! No. You're joking! Yeah, that's... I saw this morning twelve point five. Where that's are they going to put him though? Are they going to put him in midfield? Nah, forward. Oh, I was going to say if them arseholes put him in midfield, boy. <laughs> it's really ruined the game. I actually think it's ruined fantasy football putting all these. I also, yeah, I also feel like midfielders are too like. The point, there's no, I feel like you shouldn't captain a forward now. 
I, I feel like midfielders that that, yeah, extra, yeah. that that extra point they get for a goal and an extra point they get for a clean sheet. The midfielders are just too heavily weighted. The only difference is um, with forwards. Typically, what you see when a forward scores, if a forward scores and a midfielder scores, the forward always gets more bonus points mm-hmm. because the way the bonus point system is is weighted. So even though the midfielder might get the clean sheet point, chances are the forward's going to get the bonus point. So it, it does yeah. overlap a little bit. But in the last three years the two highest scoring players have been midfielders. So Yeah, yeah. And they, and they just make it too easy to do that. And that. I just don't understand why certain players are midfielders outside of forwards. It, it's, it's a dumb reason. Let's, let's use our brain. Greenwood. I mean, Greenwood, Aubameyang. Greenwood in over Sancho, really. Yeah. But it's like, I can't put Greenwood in over Pogba, even if they're in the same team. But it's like, Pogba's only like 7.5. They're the same price. But and then you think, oh, well, Pogba's the guy. Well, no, Greenwood's, Greenwood's 7.6 now. Uh, well, in and around the same price. Let's not be. Yeah. Um, that's it. Front three, back four. Yep. Yeah. Have you got front three, back four? All right. Um, let me go first. Yeah. Well, that's mine now. You need to sort yours out, Mark. Mark, uh, great preparation for the pod. I, I've got it open. On, I had it open on my phone. Did you? All right. Um, in my front three, uh, what should I go for? Actually, um, I'll go for my back four first. Actually. In my back four this week is Nirvana. Nirvana is in my back four. Do you know Nirvana? The, the band or the, or the place you go when you die? Oh, that's a good question. But we'll go for the band, the band that once was um, iconic band. Kurt Cobain was, uh, died an early death, RIP, unfortunately. Um, they are getting sued by a young man. They have a very iconic uh, album cover of a two-month-year-old baby with yeah. who's drowning in water, naked. With, drowning, he's swimming. He's swimming, he's swimming. He, it looks like he's drowning to me. I mean, t- show me a two-year-old that can swim, I'll show you a dead baby. And uh, That's he not is, Anyway, we don't get into that. But. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's like a dollar bill on a fish hook. He's getting sued. Uh, they're getting sued by Spencer Elden, who was the young boy who's now 30, for sexually exploiting him. That's ridiculous. Uh, even though, bearing in mind, yeah, he's done a number of recreations of this as he's gotten older. And he's obviously, you know, sure. done, yeah, benefited off of that. He's now decided that right at the age of 30 that um, he has been sexually exploited because their reasoning is that having that dollar bill in front of him makes him look like a sex worker. That's, That's the case. It's so incredible they, what people do for money these days, isn't it? Well, it might be a sex worker, isn't it? Not good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's it's an interesting one when you kind of change your mind. You were you were like, uh, you know, I can't walk down the street without getting recognised. Well, that's because you started recreating it. No one would have recognised you from a two-month-year-old baby. And, uh, you know, your, your life's been affected by being on one of the most iconic bands covers in... Uh, the history of bands. So, yeah. So was that in your you, front three or back four? That's that my back band? four. No, that was my back four. Yeah, okay. I switched it. I switched it. In my front three this week is naps, napping. I like a good nap. You know that about me. Um, one of the one of my favorite things to do is actually nap. I used to call it the free sleep nap. Go for a nap after work. Get up, have something to eat, walk the dog, and then go for another nine hour sleep. You think it's got better? Um, and it seems that. Joe Biden has uh, kind of taken that to heart. He was, and this, I don't know if this is, you'll probably know about this more than me, Dan, being in the streets of uh, the motherland, the holy streets of Jerusalem. There must have been an uproar, outrage. He was, uh, the Israeli prime minister was um, gone for his visit. Careful over, what you uh, say. 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to start an international <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, No, one of our members is over there. Be careful. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, be <laughs> careful. Well, no, no. The, the Israeli Prime Minister, I believe it was the Israel Prime Minister. I need to check it again. Yeah, it was all over the news this week. So, yeah, it was him. He was there. Was it? Yeah, he was there over there and he's chatting to him. And while he's talking to him, Joe Biden appears to fall asleep. He's got his mask on his face. Um, he's got his hands sort of clasped together. And just as the guy's talking, he's finishing remarks for about a minute and a half. Joe Biden bows his head and looks to close his eyes. Now, there's a bit of controversy over this, obviously, because he was he was famously called Sleepy Joe Biden by Trump. Um, there's been questions over his cognitive ability and the fact that he's 78 years old uh, doesn't help him. And falling asleep during a big meeting definitely isn't one of them. So he appears to be awake at the end because the guy's talking and then Biden responds to him. But if you see the pictures, he looks like he's... Uh, he looks like there's a bit of dribble just rolling out of his mouth. So I don't know if <laughs> sure. this is a classic. This is a classic case of when in football they just look at a still of a tackle. Yeah, I was going to say this is get VAR involved. Yeah. Yeah. Get VAR involved. Yeah, it's yeah. funny though. It's not good. I think he. I think he's tired and he's half sleeping and he's Probably. kind of with it. Like I think when there's no clear decision, it's like the offside lines. Yeah, it's not no clear decision. It's somewhere in between, and it's probably a bit of both. But you give the, you know, depending on who, whether you're the defending team or the attacking team, do you give Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt? I won't because he's old. So um, I know what position. I know what a half nap looks like. I've been prone to one or two of them after a few shandies, and um, he looks to me like, you know, he's uh, he's past his bedtime. Well, Ronaldo famously naps five, six times a day, doesn't he? So Is he do, I bet Joe he does Biden's those mini naps. Takes... He's just like up. Maybe Joe Biden's taking on the Ronaldo diet and lifestyle. It's like, oh maybe. gosh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, there's a, a better record in front of goal. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go next? Go on, then. I'll, I've got mine up. Go on, so, then. my uh, back so four, Biden hasn't. Although, although they've reversed it, um, talking of sex workers, was OnlyFans. Ah, like, yes. Like, yeah, news. <laughs> I, I read an article on. A little while ago, on the the maker of OnlyFans and hat, like yeah, you, you, it was one of your front three back forwards, wasn't it? Yeah, and and he was talking about the business model was like was the fact that he let like he takes such a small amount of admin fee, so actually most of the money goes to the people who like their creators, so the people who make the content, artists. Let's just call yeah. them what they are, artists. Yeah, like, but it was it was an app that that got big because it works for everyone. It was like well. We'll take such a small fee that the the content creators want to be, use it. People pay for it. It's safe. It's it it creates a, an environment where people can can sell their whatever they want and and feel safe. But then they tried to refinance and got pressured by their, I guess their corporate the bank. Is that yeah, what happens? Yeah, it, and the bank. What they were trying to ban. You didn't quite say that. So they to to they were like, we'll borrow you this money. On the on the condition that you ban sexually explicit content, and uh, I I was like, well, what? I don't understand why lenders suddenly think they they should be like dominating their their business model. It's like, well, this works for a reason. Like, um, people have made a lot of money using OnlyFans, and not not being on the site myself, um, I presume. There's people who's made a lot of money selling sexually explicit content. So I'm pretty sure it's just that, like, nine, I think they came out and said, if you make us do this, we will lose 95% of our revenue tomorrow. 
That's what they yeah. came, the, the founder came out and said. So what we're saying to you is if you tell us we have to do that, we've got no business, it's gone. And they went, yeah, we don't care. And this yeah. is the power the banks have. Well, this is, yeah. And these are just some like, probably some old like men who don't get laid enough just trying to tell being like oh look at these young people they should cover up they shouldn't be allowed to do this and it's like so come on they're 2021 so they've reversed that decision now since i put this in my back for but it's still there because I, I it's it only got reversed because of the public backlash yeah. so and, well, and it, it kind of makes it, you think on a scale how often this happens the implications are massive right because i, like, I know we're talking about it's basically a porn site because it wasn't launched as a porn site it became one basically because the banks regulated all the other porn sites as well but it became that the 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 biggest point here is that the banks because they're in all the money that everyone needs they can decide what people do with it i here we go here we go (laughs) you know i've been saying it for a long time that's why people been saying it for a week and a half so in my front three (laughs) it's like mcdonald's being like we're not going to make burgers out of beef anymore we've decided that it's not useful it's like, that's your fucking MO. I know you've got other little things and people come for fries and some milkshake, but you're not going to be successful. No, no, this, is like, this is like the Food oh, Standards right. Agency going to McDonald's and saying, look, you're totally cool to carry on, but by the way, you can't sell meat anymore. Yeah, that's right. And McDonald's being like, well, that's our business. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've decided. No, no, you can't no it's more, it's more. Trading, you can't sell meat anymore. That's what it's like. No, it's more like if the Food state, like, Standard Agency went to McDonald's and said, you can't sell meat anymore. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. You're right, Mark. Agreed. I agreed. agreed. I, I agreed when I said it the first time. Yeah. So all three of us agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like KFC, the food standards. You're going to KFC and say, yeah, no, you can't sell chicken anymore. Anyway, in my front three is um, uh, UK data laws. So sometimes the law is a bit slow to catch up with technology. I'm going to Joe Biden right now. And uh, yeah, sometimes the law's a bit slow to catch up. And a few years ago, the the UK government were like, actually, people should have more control over what cookies they allow websites to use and give people more control. And it just creates an annoyance. You know, every single web page you open, sometimes, especially on your phone, it's like, ah, accept our cookie policy, like bang in front of you. And you're like, I know you were doing this for a good reason, but you've made surfing the net a bit inconvenient. So they're tweaking the laws soon so we should be seeing a lot less of those cookie policies popping up so yeah it really gets in the way when i'm on OnlyFans. yeah (laughs) but it's one of those laws where they're like oh we want to give people more control and then you think oh you've just made you've just added inconvenience every website's like please accept our cookies and then you go on certain websites that are donation funded and it's like they'll do the cookie policy and please donate to our website like the guardian or whatever yeah. and it's but like the thing that drives me mental is that i'm i'm like i know i was on this website yesterday why are you asking me again i've accepted it all i was i, yeah. was, the, I was the person at the beginning when they was doing it being like oh i'm Reject. going through all of these and ticking and rejecting and stuff and even i can't fucking take that i ain't got a tolerance so i'm like just accept it all i don't care for dailymail.com i'm on all of them just 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 accept it and then the next time you go onto it it asks again i don't know what the point is anymore just to piss me off Ugh. yeah so we should be seeing a lot less of those so that's my front three nice danny yeah finish us off so in my back four yeah um this week is heineken um because i don't know if you saw but for the upcoming you don't Euro- like head no for the upcoming euros this year they have changed the name of man of the match to star of the match because 
a star is their logo and they wanted to create a star uh, award. So um, I get the whole equality thing, but this isn't a mixed gender game. There are still men playing football. It's okay to call a spade a spade. What is wrong with using the term man of the match? Which is <laughs> the term that's been used for decades. They decide they want to change it to We need to, end that. We need to put an end to that. And uh, I wasn't particularly happy about it. Um, and then I realised that was the end of my list of uh, Black Force for the summer. So that's You're it. lying. You're lying, uh-huh. Dan. You said you had a long list. You're lying. I've gone through about four of them. That's a long list for me. He, did, he, he went through a lot of them on the first one. Oh. Um, in my front I, I look at, just, just quickly before you go, I agree, because during the Euros, that Heineken was some of the worst beer. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it was terrible, wasn't it? I, I, I think the cups were just as much to blame, but those paper cups like you taste that more than you taste the beer but <laughs> anyway yeah. uh um in my front three this week um it's gonna be ronaldo but uh, we talked a lot about ronaldo um so instead i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with uh visa um so i don't know if you saw you probably saw the news last week or this week that visa went and spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a picture a digital picture a bit of nice bit of digital art that looks terrible um, but the reason this is my front three, so I've got I've got an, a, a theory about this that I think actually this is genius from Visa, and I'll tell you why. Because this is Visa's marketing department that have done this, right? So normally marketing departments they, they get a bunch of money, money people. They get a bunch of money, they go and spend it on TV ads on whatever, and you kind of hope people come to your come to your business, recognize you, buy your stuff, whatever, right? Visa spend millions and millions of pounds monthly, yearly on all their marketing just so that people know who they are. By being the first corporate company, Visa, to buy an NFT, officially go and buy with cryptocurrency a picture worth $150,000. First of all, the marketing out of it has been ridiculous. I mean, all over the world, everyone's talking about Visa. So in terms of getting your brand out there, nothing better. You've only had to pay 150 grand for it. Secondly, that's not 150 grand that's just gone. That 150 grand is still sat in an asset on their balance sheet. They've still got an asset. All right, it's a digital picture. But if they want to sell it tomorrow, they could probably sell it for 200 grand. So what they've just done is done a whole marketing campaign for free because they can get their money back because they've still got the asset that they bought. It's genius. And I think we're going to see... You think someone would pay 200 grand for it? Oh, mate, someone just paid 10 million pounds for a digital picture of traders yesterday or two days ago. I mean... Do you know what, Dan? What, what, you talking about this, I'm like, this is where we're different. This is where, like, you're on one level and I'm on another level, right? I don't know what okay, you that went above me. Yeah. That. Yes. Right. Because what you what you've just done is you're you're like you're like the person in the background at Arsenal being like, this is why we should buy Ben White, because it's still an asset. We lose nothing because he's young. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you're like, for me, as a fan, as someone on the outside, you've just spent 50 million on Ben White and he's terrible. I don't care if you buy this NFT, this digital picture for one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Just on the face of it, you're like, you're stupid. I'm not stupid. You are. I know you're Visa, one of the biggest companies in the world. You're an idiot for buying it. There's not. There's no way you can convince me that this was a savvy buy. Okay, what legalese and words you say? Well, so two, three days ago, legalese, legalese. legalese. Where are they from? Uh, Budweiser. <laughs> just somewhere near China, East Asia. So Budweiser. I saw what Visa did. They've just joined the party. They just spent one hundred twenty thousand dollars on a picture of a rocket. They're stupid Budweiser too. Why? They're stupid too. Because look, why? Why, why we start selling well, pictures? Look, so like a few weeks ago, someone bought some digital art for two million quid. Three days later, they sold it for five million quid. Are we the stupid ones or are they the stupid ones? You tell They're me. all stupid. We're, we're all stupid. We're all apes. Look at us. 
Do you know what I mean? We're all done. I don't we, think we, we had to postpone this pod. You, you don't want to think it's going away. I don't think it's going away. I think it's just no, the beginning no. of what we're seeing. <clears throat> the beginning of something new. Maybe, but do you know what I mean? Like maybe we're just I'm just a dinosaur then. But I'm anyway, in my front three is Visa, because I think whether they meant to do it or not, it's a genius move. I'm sure they meant to do it. But well, I'm hoping, well, I've got money in not Ethereum, but some other cryptos that have started doing their own NFTs. So come rocket. I'm I'm just hoping that they uh <laughs> that is actually crypto the moon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, I'm gonna start moving some assets uh, um by uh, watching some OnlyFans. All right. We shall see you next week, maybe during uh, international week. I don't know if Danny's available, but um hopefully he will survive Israel. Hopefully his pilgrimage is everything he desires and more. Speak from the heart. His feet are gonna be fucking aching now, running on walking on those rocks. <laughs> Just a pilgrimage. So you bare feet, you got to walk on like stony roads. Exactly. Is right, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know. We did right. one in school, didn't we, Mark? Yeah. What pilgrimage? Where to? Yeah, we went, uh, I where can't even it? remember now. Yeah. So I just we did that one guy. That, what's his name? Daniel something, and he um, did it in his bare feet because that's how they did it back in the day. So what Daniel name? Spencer. Daniel Spencer. Oh, shouts, Daniel Spencer. <laughs> I think we should probably stop the recording at this point. Yeah, so I minute. You can find it on the electoral register. Alright, we shall see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.